grace and mercy and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today comes from Matthew chapter 10. These 12 Jesus sent out instructing them, brother will deliver brother over to death and father his child and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Dear friends in Christ, how bad will it get? When broadcasts of this novel coronavirus hit the airwaves coming out of China with stories of whistleblowers dying, hospitals needing to be built in six days to house the sick, and millions of people being quarantined to slow this lethal bug, we collectively asked the question, how bad will it get? Initially sitting with one of my chaplains in the armed forces, he asked me, Sai, how bad do you think it will get? I said, well, if the reports are true, we are going to be burying a lot of people that we know. The truth is, we did not know. The Chinese Communist Party probably has never released a statement of truth since its inception. The World Health Organization seems impotent, and our own federal health minister flip-flopped on many decisions she had to make from the get-go. And we, the citizenry of Canada, were left asking the question, well, how bad will this get? At the beginning of all this, the fear was palpable, and people looked at each other with hostility because nobody knew if the person standing beside you was an asymptomatic super spreader, cutting swaths of death with their every breath in your vicinity. N95 masks flew off the shelves because who knew if breathing now would kill you? Pictures circulated of people wearing clear plastic bags over their heads, closed off with duct tape around the wearer's neck. People were afraid because this was a possible life-ending virus. Was this going to get so bad that trucks were going to come around your neighborhood with loudspeakers on the top calling out, bring out your dead? How bad will this get? We did not know when what was revealed is what was important to the people of this country. Many people revealed with bags duct taped around their heads that they were afraid to die. Jesus says of such things, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We as a church certainly want to protect each other by following the protocols set forth by the government. But gener generally speaking, between pushing matches for toilet paper in Costco to hostile glares for walking in the wrong direction down the aisle of a grocery store, we as sinners have revealed that it is not our fellow man we are concerned with, but ourselves. Here is the struggle that Jesus' words reveal, that this life is not the most precious thing that we can have. Certainly life is precious and a gift from God, but as Jesus says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but forfeit his soul? The fear of this virus has exposed a great weakness in us, that we love our lives much more than we would like to admit. From the start of all this, this virus, regardless of how bad things got, should have been a reminder to us as Christians that we are but strangers here and that heaven is our home. How bad will it get? Well, who knows? Will there, will there be a spike in cases now that the economy is reopening? Will there, will there be a second wave? Who knows? What I do know is this. If we were given the chance, if the government would say to us, yours is the risk to mitigate, not ours to dictate, 
We would risk, according to each one's conscience in this congregation, getting together for worship. We would risk our lives in order to sing God's praises. We would risk our health in order to eat and drink Jesus' body and blood here at church. This is why the world will never understand us. They will say you would risk your life for a song and some bread and wine. You Christians are nuts. Your friends and family who are not Christian might say the same thing. They might say, well, don't risk yourself for a song and don't put your life on the line for a snack. As the Christian history of this country is being made history only, we never thought we would see a day when we or how we would worship would be dictated or taken away altogether. Granted, these COVID-19 circumstances are not specifically anti-Christian, but looking at the passage from the gospel today, Jesus' words ask and answer another question. How bad will it get? How bad will it get when it comes to being oppressed or persecuted as a Christian in this world? Jesus says, you will be hated because of my name's sake. If you love God more than you love the world, the world will hate you. If you recognize God's authority as being above all others, the world will not understand you. If you consider the next life in Christ more precious than this life here on earth, then the world will think you're a madman. How bad will it get? Bad. Jesus says, brother will deliver brother over to death and father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. People have handed over the lives of Christians for the last 2,000 years in order to preserve their own. While I was writing this sermon, I googled a map of Christian persecution in this world, and the top of the list of the Google search came up with this heading, the 50 countries where Christians face extreme danger. The top of the list were North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Pakistan, Sudan, Eritrea, Yemen, Iran. India, and Syria. Jesus says to you and to me, we will be hated for bearing his name. And we as Christians, we think, well, that won't happen here in Canada. How bad can it get? Unlike the path and ending of this coronavirus, I can answer with certainty this. Bad. I can't answer when it will happen, but Jesus has said that bearing his name breeds hatred. And no government, no religion, no ideology, no person wants to come second to Jesus. Even the prophet Jeremiah laments his call to serve the Lord, saying, I have become a laughingstock all the day, for the word of the Lord has become a reproach and a derision all day long. And if you're wondering, well, why bother? Why bother being a Christian? Why not just eat and drink and be merry, for tomorrow we shall die? The Lord Jesus says this, Have no fear. Have no fear of those who persecute you, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be made known. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. That is the crux of it. That this life is not the most precious thing, but the life that we have to come in Christ Jesus is. One is finite, the other is infinite. One is filled with sin and brokenness, and the one to come is filled with peace in Christ's presence. The good news is not that Jesus came to give you a good life in this life, but a forgiven life in this life that leads unto life everlasting. Jesus came to save you 
from the sin in this life, this body of sin, this brokenness, by being broken on the cross for you. Jesus died so that you might live. He endured the cross so that you wouldn't have to. Jesus says three times in this passage from Matthew, do not fear your persecutors and do not fear those who can kill the body and fear not for even two sparrows who are sold for a penny are known by the father and you, his dear child, are worth much more than them. He has prepared a place for you at his heavenly banquet. Jesus is saying this, cling to me, hang on to me, hang on to my promises, hang on to the forgiveness of sins that I have won for you on the cross, for he who endures to the end will be saved. On a brisk February morning in the year of our Lord, 1597, 26 haggard men and boys were marched up a steep slope called Nishizaka toward a terrace of land that overlooked Nagasaki Bay in Japan. There they would find a row of crosses laid on the ground awaiting them. This scene may have looked restful to the condemned, for these men and boys had just ended a 28-day winter march with their left ears mutilated and their hands trussed up behind their backs. They had been herded like cattle half the length of Japan to spend their last night on earth, shivering in the bitter cold, huddled in open boats, moored off the shores of a fishing village north of Nagasaki. And now as they stood atop this hill, Nishizaka, gasping for breath, there was just one question to ask, and it was voiced by the youngest which cross is mine? Louis Ibaraki, 12 years old, ran to the cross that was pointed out to him as his to hug it and fall on his face. Here was the vessel that would carry him heavenward toward his Lord. He alone among these 26 was there entirely by choice. Terazawa Hansaburo, the sh the sheriff in charge of this execution had tried to save this boy's life, offering to make him his page. Lewis asked if he could then go on being a Christian if he became a page for this man. Hansaburo answered no. Lewis answered back swiftly and clearly. He said, it would be better then if you became a Christian and joined me on my way to heaven. Dear friends, no matter how bad it gets, you can ask the same question as Louis Ibaraki, which cross is mine? The answer is that your cross is the one that Jesus died on. For all Jesus did is credited to you. Your sin is traded for his righteousness, his death for your life. In the cross of Christ, your sins are forgiven. And in Christ's resurrection, your salvation is sure. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now let us pray. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. 
Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.